Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of the Dorenda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorenda Wilson, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to nine, and 27-year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm also the author of three books, The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling, uh, The Four-Hour School Day, How You and Your Kids Can Thrive in the Homeschool Life, and unhurried grace for a mom's heart, which is a devotional that I wrote specifically for homeschooling moms. You can find all of those books on Amazon. You can find them at my website, DorendaWilson.com, and you can find the four-hour school day at any of your favorite booksellers in addition to the places that I just mentioned. Today, we're going to be talking about our family's favorite Christmas traditions. Many of you have written in and asked if I would share uh, just our personal family traditions, and so that's what I'm doing today. Before I dive into that, I want to let you know that I have an online mentoring course. It's called the Unhurried Homeschooler Online Mentoring Course, um, and you can find it at theunhurriedhomeschooler.thinkific.com, and I will uh, leave a, a link in the show notes with uh, for that as well as the books that I just mentioned. But I love the mentoring course because it gives me a chance to sort of just sh- walk through with you and show you what it looks like to just take that more unhurried approach with our kids throughout all of their school years, including their high school years. And uh, I would just love for you to go and check that out. But Right now, we are going to go ahead and dive into the topic. So we're going to talk about traditions, and I'm going to share, like I said, our family's personal traditions. Um, Right now, we have um, my daughter, our daughter, and son-in-law, and their three kids visiting from across the country. And so we have, uh, in the the nine days that they've been here, we have um, continued to do our Christmas traditions uh, sort of successively. We, usually we spread it out a little bit more, but we wanted to be able to do these things with them because her kids have not ever participated in those traditions that uh, the family that lives here uh, does every year. And so we are super excited to have them here. So it's been just a blast, so much fun. Uh, you guys would have cracked up because the other day we uh, we got our tree. Christmas tree hunt is one of our traditions. And we came home and put the tree up and the grandkids wanted to decorate it, which we've never had the grandkids do it. We sort of went through this, the kids did it and then they all kind of became adults. And so my husband and I would do it and maybe our kids would help a little bit. So it was kind of like this weird, you know, interim time where we're not really sure who's supposed to be decorating the tree. But this year it was great because the grandkids were there and we're like, can we do it? Can we do it? We said, sure. And so we had them, you know, they just loved looking at every decoration. Oh, this is beautiful. Oh, this is beautiful. And of course, they all have memories attached for me. So it was really fun to be able to sit in front of the fireplace and just hand them one at a time and think about where we got those uh, ornaments and where they came from and how many years we've been hanging them on the tree and then watching them hang them. And then, of course, we step back and um, they're all, you know, eight and under. So the top three feet of the tree had no decorations because they couldn't reach them even with a step stool. <laughs> So I had to take a picture of what the tree looked like after they got done decorating it because it was just hilarious. My husband, who is very, very visual, he's he's an artist. He was a jewelry designer for 45 years. So he just said, okay, we're going to let everybody go to bed. And, um, and once they're in bed, then I'm going to rearrange everything, <laughs> which he promptly did. The kids didn't even notice, but it was just so much fun to uh, just to share that tradition with them. 
And it's been really fun for our daughter to see her kids participating in the traditions that she did for years and years while growing up at home. You know, traditions are, you know, something you don't necessarily immediately know what your traditions are going to be. Uh, Maybe you'll know a few. Like, I think what we have to remember is, you know, when we get married, we are marrying two family cultures. So we're bringing two family cultures together and we have to decide what things are important to us. And then, of course, what's important to our husband. So my husband and I had that conversation right off the bat. It was actually really easy for us because our parents did things pretty much the same way. Um, The only tradition that my family didn't have was doing Christmas pajamas on Christmas Eve. So that was that was a change that we made. And then some of the food that we eat is uh, actually more from my husband's side of the family because they were they were very consistent about what they had every Christmas. And so we do that now and have for years. Um, So. Again, you know, if you're at the beginning of these years with your with your family, uh, be patient. Um, I would say talk to your husband first. Figure out like what you want to bring, um, pull through from your family traditions um, to do with your kids and to become part of your uh, family culture and and traditions at Christmas time. But I think it's also important to be open to new ones. And traditions are an interesting thing because. It often requires us to like try them on first. So we hear, maybe hear about a tradition and we think, oh, let's try that. That sounds like it might be a good one. And it could be, but it's like trying on clothes, right? At the store, you see the outfit on the hanger. You think, I think that's going to look great on me, right? So you go in the the dressing room and you put it on and you realize this is hideous. This is not going to work, not going to happen. So that that can be the case with traditions as well. Or maybe you get the outfit, you put it on and it looks really great in the store, and you get it home and you realize you're just not really wearing it. It's just not really working for you um, in the day-to-day when you actually got it back home. And I think traditions are very similar to that. And, you know, I think we need to not feel guilty if a tradition dies. Like, if it's clearly dead, just don't try to revive it. Just move on uh, because I believe God has something better for you. And that's something we've kind of, we've had we've had some traditions that we did for several years and then we stopped doing it. And so that's just something that it's just part of the ebb and flow of life in different seasons. But then there are some things that you really just do want to hang on to. For instance, when we when most of our kids were adults, I just assumed that there were several things that they wouldn't want to do anymore because they weren't living at home and they probably didn't think that they were that important anymore. Oh boy, was I wrong. You know, for instance, we we like to bake cookies together and there's certain recipes that we've always made. And I figured, oh, well, they probably don't care about that anymore. They're married and they're moving on with their lives. And there was mutiny, literal mutiny amongst my adult kids saying, what? You know, of course we're going to do cookie baking. So, and there were several other things like, of course we're going to do that. So the thing I love about Christmas, um, really all year long, but specifically Christmas, it's just such a great time to really build family culture, um, really kind of dive in and and build your own unique family culture with your family. And the thing that's interesting too is that it's really fun down the road when your kids start getting married and then these new spouses, these new members of the family come in and they become part of it. And um, I have a couple of daughter-in-laws 
and uh, they've been part of the family for several years now, and they absolutely love our traditions. And one came from a very non-traditional family who really didn't do, they didn't have a lot or very many um, traditions, and she just loves the traditions that we have, and she, you know, wants to participate in those, and she wants their little little baby, a little baby boy to, to grow up with those traditions as well. So it's really fun because you really start to see the ripple effect of your investment because there are years that I did these traditions, I did not feel like it. Either I was sick or pregnant or um, just, like, just not in the mood. <laughs> That's terrible. Probably had a cruddy attitude for whatever reason. But th- that is not, that's normal. That is part of life. And, and so we press through and we continue um, as best we can to do those things. And there are years that maybe everybody's sick and you just can't. We had a year where we were building a house and I mean, it was just all we could do to get that house finished in the amount of time that we needed to. And that really required all of our energy. And so that year I made one of our cookies. We never did all of our Christmas baking. That was just one year that didn't happen. And it took me a while to let go because I was like, no, we have to do this. But I could not do one more thing. I had to recognize my human limitations and you know, the kids, they survived and it was all fine. Uh, So I just want to send out that word of encouragement if you are in that place right now. I remember about halfway through raising our kids, um, I felt really overwhelmed by the number of traditions that we had accumulated up to that point because we were trying on a whole bunch of them. And so I would think the next year, okay, well, we need to do all those and, and we're adding this. And so we'd had this huge accumulation and I thought, I don't know if I can pull this all. I don't know if this is sustainable year after year after year. So I asked each of my kids, which of those traditions was most important to each of them? I set, I pulled them aside separately and I said, okay, here are the traditions that we've been trying or doing or whatever. Which ones do you really care about? And it was really funny because they really brought it down to the minimum for me. There were things that I thought were a big deal that none of them cared about. And and then there were other things that I thought, well, that's not that big of a deal. And it was super important to them. So I think that's important too, to you know, kind of check in with your kids. What are you thinking about these traditions? Are these ones we want to keep doing or not doing? And again, what we're doing is we're culture building and we're doing it together. Okay, so I'm going to move into our Christmas traditions. Um, I think the first place I start is we tried to, I tried to not allow them to play Christmas music until after Thanksgiving. Um, That somehow ended up getting bumped up to around mid-November because my family loves Christmas. And so uh, we kind of have let that one slide and we listen a little earlier and we start watching Christmas movies a little earlier, which by the way, the next episode I'm going to share our family's favorite Christmas movies. But once Thanksgiving hit, typically what happens is right after the meal, one of our kids, one in particular, usually it was Sam, our our sixth, goes straight to the CD player or whatever we're using for sound system music, whatever, and he puts on Kenny G's Christmas album because that is what we have played every year from the time the kids were really little. And that's sort of like the starting gun um, goes off for the Christmas season. And so... Thanksgiving is always on Thursday. And so the Sunday after Thanksgiving, we go and hunt for our Christmas tree. Now, there was one point that we lived on acreage and had 
a bunch of, you know, evergreens and things on our property. And and we went out and we got one out of the woods. I think we did that a couple of times. But most of the time we have gone to a Christmas tree farm. Um, When the kids were really, really little, like I had three kids, you know, what were they, three and under, we went to a lot, you know, there were years that we went to a Christmas tree lot. And then we realized we loved, I don't even know when that tradition changed, but we loved uh, going for the hunt. And so um, we do that every, the Sunday after Thanksgiving this year, we waited till the following Sunday, because that's when our daughter and her family were going to be here. And we wanted to make sure that they got to be part of that as well. And so sometimes we make adjustments in order to have, you know, as many of the family members participate as possible. And can I just say it's it's challenging when you have eight kids and several spouses and nine grandkids and trying to figure out and coordinate when we're going to do what. Um, this year was actually easier because our daughter um, and her family were here. And so I was like, gave everybody a heads up. We're going to try to do uh, pretty much all of our Christmas traditions Um from you know from the from December second to December tenth, uh, and they were all on board with that because they wanted them to to be there as well. So that was really fun. So that same night, we get the tree, we we put it up unless it's been snowed on and needs to dry out. That's happened before, and and we would decorate it the next day then or the next evening. But usually, it was that same evening that we got the tree. We would do the tree trimming. Um, again, it's uh, we listen to Kenny G. Um, for several years, I gave an ornament um, to our kids in their stockings because I wanted them to have a collection to take with them when they got married and started their own families. And so um, I don't know that I hit that mark every year, but there were several years that I did it. So they had a good handful to get started. Um, but I think as we added kids... Um, that tradition kind of faded out. But I think if I could go back and do it again, I would keep that one. And then I would have a little container that each of their ornaments would go in and then they could hang them up every year. So that that might be something uh, you could try with your family. All right. Uh, one of the other things we love doing, but we did not do every year, we mainly did it when the kids were little because um, it was so hard to go to events with them when they were small, but we could put them in the car, we could put them in a car seat and, you know, get them all buckled in, give them hopefully spill-free uh, cups with hot chocolate in them, or we'd have to, hot chocolate when we get back. Um, and we would drive around and look at Christmas lights. We would just go to the neighborhoods that we knew had wonderful Christmas lights, and we would drive through. And it was just so much fun to watch their faces and to hear their reactions. And it's it's very budget-friendly, and kids absolutely love it. And I know that there are places that have, uh, you know, drive-through nativity scenes. And so there's, there's a lot more out there than the, there used to be. But just that simple thing of driving our kids around and looking at Christmas lights. And the other thing I loved about it when they were little is they were contained. So like they couldn't run around. I couldn't lose them because a lot of events you go to at Christmas, it's dark. And trying to keep track of kids in the dark can be a little bit a little bit scary. Okay, so uh, some of the traditions that we've uh, done this week um, that we have been very faithful in, except for that one year that I mentioned, uh, cookie baking. Um I asked the kids which cookies were important to them because I had this ridiculously long list. Again, it was way too many expectations. And so the ones that are important to them are almond roca squares. And so what those are is just, um, you actually put saltines, you put uh, 
foil on a cookie sheet and then saltines. And then you mix up this brown sugar and butter. Um, and then it has like some cream of tartar and something else in it. And it kind of foams up. And then you put it in the, pour it over top and then put it in the oven for a few minutes. And then you put the melted chocolate on top and the slivered almonds. If you look that up online, I would just say, you know, almond roca squares, saltine, something like that. And that recipe will come up. Uh, the other thing that they love was uh, spritz cookies, which is basically like a shortbread cookie that you put through the cookie press. Um, and that was my uh, mother-in-law's recipe. Um, peanut butter balls. Um, some, some people call them Buckeyes. Um, that's another one of our favorites. My mom used to make those. And so that's part of our tradition. Uh, pepper nuts. That, these are like a German cookie and they're really tiny. What you do is you roll them out and you they're like, you know, maybe half inch by half inch. And that's a recipe that um, I learned about when I was a child and we went to a church where uh, there were a lot of German people in attendance there. And that was one of their traditional uh, cookies. And so it's got like anise seed and so kind of almost a licorice flavor and molasses and butter and flour. And this year we were able to make a couple of things gluten-free because uh, several of us are now gluten-free. Um, the other one that we do is, I'm trying to think what else did we do? I feel like I don't have all these on the list. So almond roca squares, spritz cookies, peanut butter balls, pepper nuts. Uh, I feel like there was something else. If I think of it, I'll let you know. But the one other thing that we always do, okay, you guys, I... I'm sure that there's a better name for this recipe, but this is the name that the recipe came with when I got it. And it's all my kids know. Uh, they only know this name, this title. If I called it something else, they wouldn't know what I was talking about, but it's called White Trash. And what it is, is um, it's pretzels, checks, uh, Cheerios, a couple kinds of checks, Cheerios. Um, and then you buy that almond bark and it's basically like a vanilla um, type thing that you, it's a big block. And uh, I can't remember if it's called almond bark or they have other names for it. But basically you melt that in a double boiler and you throw that in and you, so it becomes coated with like almost like a white chocolate. And then you throw M&Ms at the end and uh, salted peanuts. And so it's got that sweet, salty flavor going on. And the boys always say that's the only recipe that matters. And so... <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's fine, but we're going to make some of these other ones too because some people like these other things, you know, like the girls and, you know, some of the spouses. So what I used to do also is we would do all this cookie baking and then I would buy tins, little Christmas tins at the dollar store and we would give them to the neighbors. So just kind of a, just sort of a, you know, connection with them, even if we really didn't know them that well, just... We had moved several times, so that was a great way to sort of get to know the neighbors and just kind of a gesture of love and um, friendliness. And so we would do that. We would we would give it to the mailman, um, you know, and a lot of them started to really like look forward to our little tin of whatever, the goodies or the white trash or whatever. And so that was kind of fun and inexpensive, not, not hard to do and a way for the kids to do something and then give to someone else. So that was, that was fun. And then every year I write a family letter and include a family picture. And we have done that since uh, I was pregnant with our first. It wasn't something I set out to do. It just ended up happening because I there were all these people I wanted to stay connected with at least once a year. And I used originally actually my 
uh, wedding list of the people that we invited to the wedding because those were people who were important to us. They're important enough to invite to the wedding. Um, I mean, obviously, I didn't send it to every person we invited to the wedding, but I went through that list to find my Christmas list, my, my list of people that I would send our Christmas letter and photo to. And I, at one point, I started including a funny quote from each child at the end of the letter. And I'm telling you, people said, please don't ever stop sending that letter. We love the letter. We really love the quotes at the end. So I bought a little book, like a little journal, and I started um, putting, when the kids would say something hysterical, I would put um, the date and which kid it was and like the story, what were the circumstances or what exactly they said. And to this day, the kids love to pull that book out and start reading um, the quotes because, you know, kids are hilarious from the time they start talking. The stuff they say is just so funny and you're not going to remember it. And so that was a really great way for me to kind of keep track of uh, several years of, you know, funny quotes, not just for us, but to share at the end of the year in our letter and photo that we sent out to friends and family. Um, another tradition we have is graham cracker houses. Um, Y'all know I am not super artistic. I do like to bake, but I am not going to bake a bunch of gingerbread stuff to have it destroyed while the kids are trying to put their little houses together because you can't replace that very quickly. So we decided to go with graham cracker houses. So I would go to, um, in the place we used to live, there was a bulk section at the grocery store. And I would pick just all these different kinds of candies for them to use on their house. Uh, we would do like gummy bears and uh, maybe Christmas marshmallow type things and dots and fish and, you know, those Swiss fish and just whatever you're, I mean, honestly, I just bought a hodgepodge of stuff, threw it in the middle of the table, took powdered sugar, made a super thick, thick um kind of pasty type of thing out of it. And then I took cardboard and I would make bases and cover them with foil and set those in front of them. We just did this last night and was just a blast because it last night it started with just the kids doing it. And before we knew it, a bunch of the adults were over there doing them as well. But it's just, you know, like a powdered sugar milk paste to help hold the building together, building pieces together. And that is just something that has been really fun to do. And it's also a really fun thing to do um, if you're maybe wanting to invite another family over to do it with you. We've done that before. We have It hasn't always just been us. And so that's been a fun way to connect with families um, over just a fun, simple little project that they can take home with them, uh, you know, just take home with them. Our kids were uh, reminiscing last night. There was one year when we had um, a, we were having a mouse problem in the house we lived in, and apparently the mice uh, started eating their graham cracker houses. So there were little turds, and there were little bite marks, and of course they couldn't eat their graham cracker houses. I was quite frankly um, relieved because you know the sugar sometimes over the holidays is so hard to keep to a minimum. I was secretly quite happy about it, but they were not happy and they <laughs> they brought that sour uh, memory up and and but they were laughing about it last night so uh just fun you know simple things like that again christmas movie watching um we have several movies that we love to watch. And as the years have passed and the kids have gotten older, it's been harder and harder to sit down and watch 
really even one with them just because getting everybody together can can be difficult. We have managed to do the one we did this year so far um, is our favorite one, which is White Christmas. And that's, you know, from the 1940s and the kids love it and they have, they love Bing Crosby. And so, and this is one we've watched every year. So that's kind of like our main one that we make sure we get watched. And the other ones are like, they'll either watch them on their own or if they happen to be here, I say, hey, you want me to throw in this or that? And they'll they'll be like, yeah, let's watch that. So um, again, I'll be sharing our favorites, uh, our favorite movies in an upcoming episode. One other tradition that we had when we lived in Spokane, um, for years we lived in Spokane, about 14 years of Spokane area, and they have a hotel in downtown Spokane called the Davenport. And if you've ever seen Eloise at the Plaza um, or been to the Plaza, to a hotel in New York City, um, I don't know that there is a Plaza hotel, but there are hotels similar to it. They're just super... I mean, they're just really, really upscale, nice hotels. And so this particular hotel um, was um, actually, I think it burned down at one point. It was just the hot spot in the 20s and 30s. And then eventually it was abandoned. I don't know if it burned, but nobody was using it. Somebody came in and completely redid it and did it as much like the original as they could and it was, um, it is just spectacular. And they always have someone playing a grand piano. They have gorgeous, gorgeous decorations. Um, they have a gingerbread house competition. And they also have, um, it's a, this, the local symphony does a, um, what do you call it? It's a fundraiser. So there's these, it's called Christmas tree elegance. And so there's Christmas trees and then there's, um, you know, there'll be like a TV and a recliner and they each have a theme and these different businesses go in on each set of Christmas trees with with uh, with all these other things around it. Some of them include a trip somewhere. So anyway, basically it's like a raffle. And so you buy your tickets and you, we always bought a, a, a string of maybe $20 worth and the kids each got two that they could put in and we never did win, but we had so much fun looking at the trees and then thinking, what if we won that one? What would we do? So that was a fun tradition for us. And then Christmas Eve, we, um, like I mentioned before, we have Christmas pajamas. We usually open those after we go to a Christmas Eve service because uh, what we found is there are often Christmas Eve services, uh, they'll have several. And so you can go to an earlier one, like a four o'clock or a five o'clock, and then come back to the house, open Christmas pajamas, and we'll do hors d'oeuvres. And we have certain hors d'oeuvres that we do every year. Um, it'll be like deviled eggs and um chicken and a biscuit, which I would never buy any other time of the year, but it's chicken and a biscuit with a little bit of cheese and a little bit of salami on it. And you pop those in the oven and they're like little mini pizzas. And so we'd have that. We'll have, you know, like olives and sweet pickles and, you know, just things like that, our favorite hors d'oeuvres um, on that particular night. And we do that actually on uh, New Year's Eve as well. So that's kind of a fun, fun tradition. Um, and then our kids... Our kids technically really didn't believe in Santa. We never made a big deal out of Santa, but we felt like if they wanted to have fun with that idea, we were fine with it. You know, we didn't, we just didn't, we didn't go dive in both feet with Santa, but we didn't completely avoid it either. And so the kids just sort of had fun with it. So I don't even know when this tradition started, but they would leave out 
quote unquote cookies for Santa. Now they all knew that dad was the one getting up and eating them. I don't know if the little ones did, but the older ones would have fun just, you know, telling the kids, oh yeah, Santa's going to come and, you know, those kinds of things. And it just had fun with it. And it really ended up being ultimately over the years, more of a competition between my husband and the kids that they never caught him, never, ever caught him. And so he would always act like, no, it's not me. He still to this day will say that. And they all know, like (laughs) they've known forever, but it was this whole thing where the boys were going to, they're going to work really hard to stay up late. And so they would literally sleep under the Christmas tree in their sleeping bags, trying to catch Daryl going out and, and getting those cookies. And they never actually did it. So as the years passed, my husband was like, oh my goodness, I, I don't want to wake up and, and take care of this. He'd have to set his alarm because they were still awake and he was falling asleep. <laughs> so it was pretty hilarious. Now, finally, I think it was last year was the first year that we just forgot. Like, Nobody remembered to do it. They were all here for hors d'oeuvres and all that. Some of them spent the night and no one remembered to do that. So I think that might be one of those traditions that's just dying. It's done. It it ran its course. It had its life. And we're probably just going to lay that one down. And then Christmas morning, our kids would come in and jump on the bed uh, first thing in the morning. And we would start by opening stockings. Then we would eat breakfast and the kids would get dressed and all of that. And we would just do kind of our normal stuff in terms of eating breakfast and getting the dishes done and all that. Um, For many years, I made my uh, mother-in-law's Christmas braid, which was an apricot braid. And it was actually really easy to make um, and could be, you know, like taken out You could put it actually in the refrigerator or the freezer. I think it was the freezer ahead of time. So then you could take it out and you could let it um, rise overnight, thaw and rise overnight, and then pop it in the oven in the morning. But so many of us are now gluten-free that we don't do that one anymore. And we would have like scrambled eggs with it. We didn't do super fancy, you know, we just did kind of what worked. Then we would go and open presents. um, And then after present opening, we would have a Christmas dinner. And our traditional meal is ham. Uh, my grandma, my husband's grandma, Jen's potatoes, which is mashed potatoes mixed with sour cream and cream cheese and garlic. Um, typically, the original recipe threw we threw in some uh, dry ranch dressing into it. But again, many of us are now dairy free, so we do kind of alternative versions of that. But we still have some sort of baked baked mashed potatoes, and then Jen's potatoes for those who can have the the dairy stuff. And typically green beans, um, rolls, sometimes they're store-bought, sometimes they're homemade. Uh, pecan fudge pie, which is basically your basic fudge or basic pecan pie recipe. But before you pour the pecan pie filling into the crust, you sprinkle chocolate chips on the bottom of the pan. And it just, oh, it's so good. It is like the most popular pie at our family gatherings. And we usually only have it like maybe at Thanksgiving and maybe at Christmas possibly at Easter, so maybe two or three times a year. Um, A lot of times uh, this holiday would involve an apple pie. My mother-in-law had a good cream apple pie that I made for years and then quit making that. Um, And then after we've had the meal, usually the grandparents were there for the meal. They would would come after we'd opened our presents and we were getting ready to um, sit down to the meal. And we would eat together and then we would do a gift exchange with grandparents or extended family. And so that is really the extent of our Christmas traditions. And um, 
it sounds like a lot, but it was just sort of accumulative over the years. Most of these things we actually have been doing a really long time. And uh, I was really thankful that my husband and I were on the same page when it came to the traditions. Um, It was fun adding the PJs. It was on Christmas Eve. It was fun adding some different kinds of food that we just definitely have every year. And uh, so that's been great. And so that is it. Those are our traditions. And uh, I'm sure that you there are so many different traditions out there that you can do that are wonderful. But I hope that maybe you found something here that you might want to try or, um, you know, hopefully it was helpful to you. I'm glad you joined me today. I hope you'll join me for the next episode when I talk about our family's uh, favorite Christmas movies. Um, Let's pray real quickly. Lord, I thank you so much for Christmas. We thank you for this time of year where we get to dig in and culture build even more deeply with our family and with such an amazing purpose behind all of it. Thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for uh, Jesus for coming and for being present. And thank you for God with us. Thank you that because of what Jesus did, we have you with us all the time. And so I just pray for every mom listening that you would give her wisdom as she walks out their current family traditions and maybe thinks about tweaking or adding. I just ask that you would lead her heart and just give her wisdom as she culture builds within her own family. In Jesus' name, amen. 